Listen, I'm ready. You ready? Let's do it. This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creatives to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? I like that. Hey, listen, man, I do this. Houston, Texas, man, listen, I didn't drop an episode this week. I'm sorry. Episode 104. Walk with us. Yo, I feel like 95. Sachi on my body. Biggie chicken puppy. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Oh man, it feels it feels so good to be back. On the podcast. Here to drop another episode. Um welcome back to episode 104. Of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary Inc. Um, listen, before we get started, this platform was created for me to buy and for you to buy things when you listen to this podcast. I got my phone right here. My man here just wrote a book. We're going to get into it. What is the cash app so I can purchase my copy of this book? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta see what my cash app is. <laughs> oh, can we man. can we get that? Can we get that? Listen, I'm gonna intro, I'm gonna intro the podcast. Can you grab my phone? Uh, welcome back to episode 104, the 104th edition of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary Inc. Uh, before we get started with the episode, let's introduce introduce our social media handles so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. Yeah, um, Aunt Odunti. Can you spell it? A N T O D U N S I. Okay. On Instagram. Okay. Cash App. Oh, you don't know it just yet. Yeah, we'll, get it. Just we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. My name is John Ross Dyke the First. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary and the what's next pod underscore on IG. If you would connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Uh, directly in front of you, I have all the paraphernalia I sell out the trunk of my car on this podcast and on my website. And you can shop at stillvisionary.com slash merch. It being Black History Month. Um, originally, 104 was supposed to be me by myself, but I didn't have the motivation. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I want to give uh, a special shout out to uh, DJ Mary D. She was the first African-American um, disc jockey out of Pennsylvania okay. to uh, open the floodgates for African-Americans to be on the radio. Okay. So... Um, Shout out. Yeah, so I was thinking, um, did you have one or not? No, you didn't. You didn't have one. I didn't have one. I was thinking for you, Tony Morrison. Okay, cool. Okay, so you know who that is? No. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, so listen. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, um, my man wrote a book. Yeah. Got it right here. Okay. Amazon's bestseller. Okay. The Wake Up Call. Is, 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 here we go. I appreciate that. Is, Is that me? Uh, is this me? That's that's not okay. Okay, when, when when do I get mine? Can I hold it? Is this your copy? Yeah, is this my copy? That's your copy, man. Okay, no doubt. Oh yes, sir. Okay, yeah. here we go. That's yes, your. sir. Okay, okay, okay. All right, this is my copy right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna cash up you in a few. Yeah, no, you good. Um, my man wrote a book, and uh, Houston, Texas. We are here to um not necessarily get in debt because we want you to 
um, read the book, yeah. buy the book and read the book. But we're here to talk about the journey. Yeah. This is a creative story. And um, let me take you back to circa 2003. This is when I met your cousin. And by the way, we, we might call him tonight. Right. So, so hold on. Hold on. Let me see something right quick. Let me see if this boy, you know, I got him on, on the list. I got him on the list to make the call. Let's see. Here we go. Hold on. Here we go. Let's see. Hold on. My, what's, what's Please right? leave your message for. That boy, that boy sleep. Hold on. Here we go. Hold on. Get him on. Hold on. Lifeline. That boy, that boy right there. Let's see. Yeah. Phil. What up? Step out your phone. We're going to call you right back. We're on the podcast. We're going to call you right back. Right back for what? Just just stay by your phone, man. Just stay by your phone. Okay? All right. All right. Um, let me take you back to circa 2000. <laughs> I'm going to take you back to circa 2003, right? This is the first time I met Phil, right? And, and, and uh, Phil used to talk about his uh, phenom cousin. Oh, man. He used to talk about his phenom cousin when we used to hoop at the wreck at the University of Houston. Go Cougs. He used to talk about his phenom cousin um, whose name was Papa. Yeah. Right. And I would talk about my brother because my brother, he wasn't on your level. Okay. <laughs> but my brother was a hooper. Right, right. Right. And he would say, man, you know, my cousin, man, he played ball. And I'm like, man, I hear you talking. Right. You know, everybody say that they people play ball, right? right? But when, but I'm used to a certain being from the Southwest, Fondren and West Airport. I'm a West A boy, <laughs> <laughs> so so being from the Southwest, we used to a certain brand of basketball, right? right? The neighborhood concrete basketball right in front of Leilu Lane, my house. We would hoop from sun up to sundown. But but Phil was like, you know, I got my cousin. He played ball. And I was like, okay, okay. And then, and then as the conversation in the years progressed, Phil said, you know, Papa has to change his position mm -hmm. because he's bigger than everybody else. But when he gets to the next level, right, um, he's going to probably have to play a different position. Right. This is the first time that I was introduced to you right, right. from a distance because yeah. I never met you. But Phil used to talk about – anytime we argue about basketball, he used to talk about you and say, hey, Papa's a hooper, yada, yada, yada. And now we finally get to sit down here yeah, and talk good. about that. That's good. Right? So how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm blessed. Uh, man, it's been a while since 2013, but, yeah, you know, we're 18 good. 18 years. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But we're good, man. So, uh, I mean, we got the book here now. Talks yeah. a little bit about my journey. Right. Um, more more after. Okay. Um, probably the high school when, when Phil was kind of talking to you about it. Right. But, you know. What year were you born? I was born in uh, 92. On your tongue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My sister will be 31 this year, so that makes you 28 or something. 28, yeah. 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 Okay. So listen, man. Um, I want to just um spend the majority of our time talking about this masterpiece. Right. I'm already calling it a masterpiece. Hold on. I'm already calling it a masterpiece. The wake up call by my man Anthony. How you say your last name? Adunsi. Adunsi. Yeah. Okay. It says here. Anthony Adunsi is an ex-professional basketball player who is raised who was raised in Houston, Texas. He graduated with a degree in business from Houston Baptist University, right down Fondren, yep. in 2016. While pursuing his master's in international business, he finished as the third leading scorer in the Southland Conference. Mm -hmm. He was named first team All Southland and first team All NABC. 
and HBU's Male Athlete of the Year. Listen, man, round of applause for you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Real shit. A lot of, that's a lot of work. It, it is. It is, man. Uh, because, uh, again, okay, here we go. Here we go. If you could define yourself in one word with the completion of this book, after the, the, the process leading up to writing this book, the basketball journey, writing the book, what, that, what would that one word be? Ooh, that's tough. Um, if, I could, if I could describe myself. Define yourself. If I could define word. myself. Grinder. Grinder. Yeah. That's a, that's a product of pandemic right there. That's a product of the pandemic. I had a choice when the pandemic hit. Okay. We were all locked up inside the house. What was I going to do? Mm. And nobody knew what to happen. It's never happened to anybody before. Mm. We didn't know what to do. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna, I got something I want to write. I got something I want to do. I want to help. This is going to be my opportunity. I don't think I ever wanted to coach. So this was my opportunity to give back. Right. Yeah. I think the coaching aspect is a different journey because I never played ball in high school, but now I coach. Right, right. And right, I feel myself vicariously living through right. my athletes. Every okay. every athlete that I have um, coached, you know, I, a little bit of me and the bitterness of not being able to play because at the time I wasn't good enough to play right. kind of comes out when I coach. And I just I just hope that my kids are better and treat it like it's their last opportunity. Mm-hmm. But for you, it wasn't. You got to you got to play on a professional level. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah. What do you think people should take from your from your journey? And the conversation we'll have today. Oh man, I mean, I just, you know, this is somebody that that went through it firsthand. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people talk about it, but I actually went through it. Um, I got to a play, contrary to what people to believe, you know, I got to a level that a lot of people won't reach. Mm. You know, even though it wasn't the NBA, a lot of people, it's, it's not the easiest thing to go overseas. Mm. We're talking about two Americans on each pro team. Mm. 12 pro teams in the league. Mm. One league per country. Mm. And how many Americans are we talking about that are living in America playing? There's only two Americans on the team. So, I mean, man, the 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 odds are were against us, but um, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to get contracts and play, and it made me put a lot in perspective. Uh, but up until that point, I talk about, you know, what happened throughout that book, you know, the recruiting aspect, uh, you know, going through high school some of the stress behind some of my um, decisions, you know, stuff like that. So I think one thing you can relate to is the fact that coming from a Nigerian background, you know, my sister and I talk about all the time. When somebody else that lives, that their parents are from here are making a college decision, their parents are helping. They're, They're in between each position. They understand. Hey, I mean, each decision, they understand, Hey, I went through this, so I know, you know, the pros and cons to tell my kids. Well, when I was making my decision, my mom had no idea. She went to college, but she didn't. She didn't. She wasn't an athlete. She wasn't an athlete. So for her to tell me, hey, this is how you make that decision, she didn't want any part of that, you know. Mm. Um, So, you know, there was a lot of decisions that I was making as a 16, 15-year-old kid that, you know, other 15, 16-year-old kids weren't making. Right, and I learned from those mistakes because I didn't make the best uh, best decisions. So, you know, listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Um, I've had a few authors. Do you consider yourself an author? Absolutely. Okay, no doubt. So there will be another one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll get to that. Hold on. We'll get to that. But uh, I've had authors on here before. Okay. And again, I created this platform 
one for myself to be able to, when I produced a movie or do something of the, of the sort, you know, when I did Russell Diaries back in the day, I didn't have this platform to kind of reiterate it, push it continually, be there consistently every week to, to give people that, Hey, check my episode out, you know, that constant reminder. But, um, having other authors on here, I've read their books mm-hmm. and been excited about it, but I am, I am, I'm telling you as God is my witness, I'm going to read this, this book from front to back. I appreciate that. And I'm not, I'm not the best reader. I had, you know, I looked at the back and I said, I want to read this here right. on, on air. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be right. Cause once that record button is on, I can't come back <laughs> when I start to stutter over this. And I had to look over it one time, right. make sure I got every word right. And then even I, I messed up on was mm. right. But I'm going to read this from front to back because I'm excited to, um, to, to, I feel this is going to give me an insight to who you are. Yeah, man. I think it, it'll give you, you know, you talked about it earlier when you're like, Hey, you know, my players, you know, I'm kind of living vicariously through them. I mean, this is your players times 10. Not necessarily saying I'm better, but. No, 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 no. Listen, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you do that. You are. You are. Because, you know, and I love, we'll talk about Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but I'm just saying like, hey, I've gotten to a point where, you know, obviously they're aspiring to be, and that's, I was there. You know what I mean? So you're going to be able to, the good thing about this book, and that's the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm happiest about, and I was nervous, most nervous about is that, hey, I walk you from the beginning. I don't, you don't just start in the, I'm in the middle of a game now. I'm walking you from who I am, my Nigerian background. Hey, this is before I started playing basketball. This is as I started playing basketball. This is me in college. This is me in pros. And then, you know, we kind of close out at that after pros. So, I mean, this gives you a walkthrough of everything I went through. And a lot of your players now are going to be going through the same thing. I need another copy of this so I can give it to my nephew. Yeah. He uh, has aspirations to play college ball. And so we'll talk about that uh, later on. But for for me, I guess I want to go here. In 2021, what does the recruiting process look like for a kid who is not, let's just say, I'm going to assume that you were all district, maybe, maybe even an all, not maybe not an all American, but all state. Yeah. Okay. So if you're not all state, Mm -hmm. In 2021, what does it look like to get an offer to be recruited to play college ball? Man, I mean, this this year for, for recruitment, I mean, I try to follow up as much as I can. And for this year, I'm hearing some stuff like the seniors that are in college basketball and college football and college sports in general get to, like, almost reclassify. They get another year of eligibility. Well, that saturates the market for all seniors in high school because the seniors in high school want a scholarship, but the seniors in college are not leaving. Mm. So that saturates the market. Now what happens? You know, um, basketball is obviously a billion dollar industry, man. And it has gotten really serious. Even from when I, when I was playing and parents are taking it really serious. They got videographers coming to high school games, trying to send films to colleges. Right. So what happens now that, you know, the market's saturated, what are the high school players going to do? You know, so it's 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 a it's an interesting game, man. I fortunately at that level, I didn't have those problems then. I didn't have problems getting recruited out of uh, out of high school. But one thing I didn't do is I didn't, I wasn't numb to the fact that like that it was difficult. I knew guys at every level. Uh, I always knew. I always understood the perception of it. You know, it wasn't easy. 
There's a lot of guys that put in the same amount of work I did, but weren't able to, you know, go to that next level. And I felt for them. I've been trying to get my podcast to the next level. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I have a, a, a T-shirt brand called Every Tuesday. Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You do what you do for yourself to prove you can do it for others. Even though the year of perfect vision needed corrective lenses, your vision was never out of focus. You remained still. You remained determined. Kobe said, The Mamba mentality is the attention to detail and the level of commitment. Run your race because you got time. Keep the momentum. Believe in your story, a creative story. Remember, never stay comfortable while trusting the process. Be innovative in your 720 hours. There will be stumbling blocks. You just keep pushing. Most importantly, what's next? Continue to drop. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday? Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. And it's supposed to signify when I approach somebody on the street and I'm just like, hey, I do a podcast. And they're like, oh, okay, what do you do your podcast about? And I say my podcast is basically the creative story. We talk about the journey and I drop every Tuesday and they say, oh, every Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, every Tuesday. Right. So I have a T-shirt brand, but I did not drop this past Tuesday because I wasn't focused. I had too many distractions. I wasn't just I wasn't there mentally. While you were writing this book and I'm all over the place because I'm just so excited to be talking to a professional. Somebody that was on that level. I spoke to Sydney Colson. Do you know who that is? Sydney Colson. She's a she is in the WNBA. Okay, wow. I went to high school with her brother, but she played ball with my sister. Okay, who eventually who got a scholarship to UTA, mm-hmm. right? So before I before I talk about what I was talking about, let's let's go back a little bit into you. Um, you start you you obviously made it to the point where you know. You were big time, right? Let's talk about the inception. You start playing ball. What does it look like to be not necessarily an inner city kid, but close to the inner city and you're getting this recognition and you and you can hoop and, you know, it's 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 the talk of the town. What does that look like for you? Man, well, you know, I uh, <laughs> talk about it a little bit in the book. I talk about the okay. um, the difference in growing up. I was growing up in A-Leaf. And then um, my mom moved us out here in Sugarland. Okay. And so I was. I talk about, hey man, you know, when I was at A Leaf, you know, I was in races and I was fifth, sixth, seventh, maybe more or last. I come out here to new territory. I'm first in everything. And then you start to see the difference in the athletic ability. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You say you were in A Leaf, mm-hmm. but you weren't, you're saying you're not cream of the crop or what? I wasn't cream of the crop, athletically. Okay. okay. You know, athletically, you got you got a lot of athletes out there. In A Leaf. In A Leaf. And then I came over here to New Territory and I was just topping everything. Mm. So the thing about it is that helped my confidence grow. You know, and so once I started getting into basketball, um, 
man, my confidence kept growing. And from middle school to high school, I mean, it was transformational for me. Um, but then I would have to go from high school, I mean, middle school uh, at, you know, a suburb school and go play AU. Now you're jumping back in the inner city. So it was, it was like, hey, you're getting, you know, all the glamour here and then you're getting humbled here. You know what I mean? AAU was, was huge for me. I needed that. Um, but what as, team? Uh, I was playing for the Houston Jaguars at the time. We were sponsored by Adidas. Um, I mean, it was hard to make the team. Um, but at the time, I was a 5'10", 8th grader. Mm. You know, so I was I was good. Um, this was, is what Phil was talking about. You were I was, one I was, of the bigger ones. Yeah, I was big. You know, I was big and I could do things um, that kind of showed that I, I would be uh, versatile. Um, and then I, when I went to high school, you know, I played with uh, the number eight point guard in the country. His name was Ray Penn. He's probably the best player I played with so far. Mm. Um, and that was eye opening. You know, what I mean, to be like, hey, I'm I'm not as good as I think I am. You know, what I mean, as a freshman. So wait, so so you've always had a, had a feel, a handle. Yeah, yeah, always had a handle. So I knew, hey, I'm you know five ten. Okay, now I'm six foot one. It's ninth grade. I mean, I, you're not really that big anymore. Now you go from, you know, you're 14 years old playing against 18 year olds, 17, 18 year olds. You're not, you're not as big anymore, you know. So I had to know I had to change that uh, change my position, and that's what, you know, when I talk to Phil all the time, that's what he says the most. He's like, man, the one thing I respect about you was you always understood ahead of time where you needed to be. I was like, hey, I'm probably not gonna grow anymore. I need to change my position. You know, hey. You know, basketball may not be working out. Maybe it's time for me to do something else. You know what I mean? So you, always, I always say, you know, it's perception versus reality. Perception is, hey, you're you're in eighth grade. You know, you're five ten. You you might be a six. You might be six ten. But the reality was was you know, my dad was only six three six four. So I knew that was kind of where I was going to be. Right. So so um, the process. What does it look like for a a, a middle schooler, high schooler, in high school? To uh, I said a high school in high school. What does it look f- like for a high schooler to to get good in basketball? What did that look like for you? Man, so. Um, countless hours, 10,000 hours. Countless hours, man. I, I know my senior year, I talk about that, you know, specifically in the book, man. I woke up at, uh, at 5 a.m. every morning um, until the season started. And uh, I would have to, I would, I would take a cold shower because, you know, the locker room shower. I'd take a cold shower, really quick rinse off, and i get to class. And some days, man, I just be, I'd be like, man, I, you know, I didn't make my shots today. I'm going to class sweaty, you know. And some days I wouldn't make my shots, and I'd be going to, it mess up my whole day, man. So, I mean, that was one thing that I kind of pride myself on was work ethic. You know, I, I don't know where it necessarily came from, but it's just something that I was born with, and I always wanted to strive to be better. Um, I don't think I had any natural talent. I think there's some guys that are naturally gifted. I think everything I had, I worked for. Um, what do you mean natural talent? What do you mean? I mean, there's some guys that can natu- are naturally athletic. They can just jump. Some guys are naturally quick. Now, they do work, and so they add some things to it. But I think everything I had, I worked for. Mm. There was no part of my game that was natural. Mm. And, mm. and so I think that's the, that's the part of the game that some guys don't understand is like, hey, if you're not, if you're not gifted, you know what I mean, athletically, or, or or blessed with size, like I man, you got a word, you know. Some guys want it to fall and happen to them overnight, but it doesn't work that way, right? So you 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 start you start. So the book idea, mm-hmm. creativity comes from experiences, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And what I mean by that is even with this podcast, you asked me a question. You said, um, wow, you got the whole setup is what you said. And I said, I've been podcasting for a while. So it was my man. I like to tell this story all the time on my podcast. It was my man. His name is Darren, uh, Darren Tizano. And he said to me, Jr. called me square. He said, Jr. when you're ready to level up, let me know. And at the time we were talking, it was all about entrepreneurship, owning your own, having stake in whatever you claim and do, having stake in that. And so he sets me up with my first mic, my first mixer and everything. And I said to myself, I'm going to take my podcast outside of the studio. Okay. Because the studio, not not that it was, it, I mean, the studio experience let me know that I needed certain things to be able to be functional. But the studio was also going into my pockets at a rate that I didn't like. Mm. So when I say creativity comes from experiences, it was that experience and also having to walk away from my old production company that made me create this new one and this new podcasting platform. When you're done with basketball, how do you come up with the wake up call? Mm. So I think what happened was I was I was playing professional basketball and I saw a lot of guys that I didn't think should be still out there playing. Whether it was they were too they were older and they weren't making the same the right amount of money. They had kids. I just didn't understand. I'm like, hey, there's there's no reason why you should be over here and your kids and your, your wife and your kids are at home and you're making this money, you know. Um when I was in the D League, I got drafted to the G League. I went to Canton Charge. And um, I had uh, one of my teammates was sitting next to me, and we uh, were eating. Um, they gave us per diem every day, so we just came. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just hanging out. We were eating. And he was like, hey, how much are you going to tip? I said, hey, don't worry about tipping. They gave us gratuity. You know, they put gratuity on our tip. He's like, what's gratuity? <laughs> I was like, Lord have mercy. <laughs> I was like, look, you know, what are some of these guys going to do without basketball. And so you laugh because it was funny, right? Right. But this plays back into our culture. This plays back into financial literacy. What's going to happen to him? What is he going to teach his kids? You know what I mean? And I, oh, people always say, hey, man, you, you're beyond your years. I've always been kind of pop, right? I've always been like a dad. Yeah. But, like, I look at things from a bigger picture. And, like, I laugh for a second. I was like, man, you're almost 30 and you don't know gratuity? Right. But in the grand scheme of things, man, I'm not supposed to laugh. I'm supposed to educate. You got to teach these guys. This is part of who it, it all comes together. Right. You know, because he doesn't know it somewhere else. And if somebody laughing at him, he go, they're going to laugh at us the same way. Right. You know, so I started to understand that, hey, man, a lot of guys are coming from communities that are not teaching them, hey, what financial literacy is? Hey, what is a retirement account? What is an IRA, a non-IRA? People don't know what that is. Right. Okay, so what happens when basketball, you know, when basketball ends? Then what? What's the next move? You know, so I think that's what kind of turned my head from that moment on. I was like, oh, like I need to find a way to try to educate, you know. Um, So what I did was I ended up writing the wake up call because whether you're an athlete, whether you're in anything in life, at some point in time, you're going to get the wake up call. Whether you work in a nine to five and you don't have time to be with your kids and you one day decide, hey, your your kid turns 10 and you're like, man, I don't even know what to get him because I don't know him. You know, at some point in time, everybody's going to get their wake-up call. And I got my wake-up call um, in, a, in a bunch of different ways, and I talk about it in the book. Right. You know, every step of the way, I 
kept getting a wake up call, kept getting a wake up call. And these were, and these were good. These were adverse times, you know, that, that helped me. And now I'm trying to help somebody else. Right. Give me the worst time. Um, Mm. when you were in this basketball journey, junior college. So you graduated high school. Yep. You went to okay. Give me the give me the timeline. You graduated high school. So and, I graduated high school with a three point six GPA. Okay. Right. I got. I had offers from Stanford, Vanderbilt, and all those. I had a bunch of big schools, Penn State. Um, but because I was academically sound, all the schools like uh, Boston College and the Stanfords right. and the Vanderbilts were recruiting me. Right. But they couldn't compete with like the powerhouse schools like Iowa State. I was getting recruited like uh, by you know some of the Butler University, the basketball okay, schools. Because you, you said powerhouse, and then you said Iowa State. I know Iowa State is a good school. Then the Big Twelve. Okay. Right. Then you say then you say uh, Butler. I know Butler. Yeah, Butler. At the time, they were. I mean, you know, uh, Bad Stevens was there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, they were. Mm. They, those were powerhouse schools, um, big time fan base. And so I remember, man, I was at Iowa State. I, I had went to my fir- my first uh, offer was at Vanderbilt University. Right. I went there when I was 16 years old. Vanderbilt is ACC? SEC. 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 Okay, I'm sure. Right, good school, but they're more of a football school. And so was Iowa State, but. Right. And, uh, I mean, I went there. It was cool. It was quiet. I think it was maybe during the summer, whatever. Then I went to Iowa State. Mm. And then they put me, I mean, I was riding around on the golf court the entire, um, the entire uh, visit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, we went to a football game. And the football game, they're like, we want to introduce Anthony. Man, look, I was like, I got to come here. In the middle of a football game with 203 people just surrounding the stadium, I'm on the Jumbotron. And as a 17-year-old kid, I made a decision based on emotion. Mm. If my dad was around or if my mom understood, you know, the decision that came into making, you know, a college decision – I might have made a different decision. Hey, Vanderbilt's probably the best place for you to go academically. And if you're meant to play basketball, it'll work itself out. Right. But if you get a degree from, you know, from a Vanderbilt or Stanford, you're riding your own ticket. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, there were things like that that came about that I talked more in depthly about in the book. Right. And you got to go get it. Right. In order for you to. Can we get that cash app, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You yeah. know. So, uh, so man, the worst decision was 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 uh was junior reacting. college, yeah. So I made a decision based on emotion. So I ended up going. To, I signed to Iowa State, um, okay, and then I never even went before my senior season was over. They recruited three other guys that were going to come in and play right away. Right? They put Chris Allen was at Michigan State, Corey Lucius, Michigan State, and Royce White was at University of Minnesota. They took them all and put them at Iowa State. So I was like. Man, they don't want me to play right away. I was like, man, I'm trying to go to the league. Like, you know, at 17 years old, everybody thinks they're going to the league. And right. You could be on JV. Right. You could you could have got cut. Right. And you still think you're going to the league. So uh, I thought I was going to the league. And I, my mom, she just, man, she wasn't even involved. She just like, look, as long as you're making good grades, leave me alone. You know right. what I mean? You're good. Do what you want. Um, so I ended up not even going to um, Iowa State. I ended up going to University of Utah on the Pac-12. Okay. Right. So Utah plays Arizona State, Arizona, mm-hmm. Washington, Washington State, Cal mm-hmm. Berkeley, USC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited, right? I'm going to Pac 12. I have the best travel, um, in my opinion, 
in college basketball, all the West Coast schools. In my first game, I lead the, I lead the uh, team in scoring. And then after that, he kind of plays around with me like, hey, man, you're not, you know, you scored well, but, you know, you're not defending well. You're not being a team guy. Like, man, what are you talking about, man? I'm trying to go to the league. Just so self-centered. And then I say, hey, man, I'm out of here. You know, I'm going to leave. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, so you 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 lead the team in scoring, right. but he's saying that you're not a complete player, right? Because okay. it's more. There's more. Obviously, you're a coach, right? There's more than oh, just yeah. scoring, right? There are some times where you'll take the best player off the team, and the cohesiveness will stick, and now the team will start winning, right? 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 You have more people bought in, rockets, right? You'll have more people bought in, and now everybody has a piece of the puzzle. So now everybody's bought in. Right. Everybody's playing harder. Now everybody, right. everybody's touching the ball on offense. Now everybody wants to play defense hard. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I just, it was tough. You know what I mean? It was tough. So I, I reacted like a kid again. Right. When you are recruited by these type of schools, you are the best player on your team. And that you were. And yeah, I was, I was the best player on my team. And, um, you probably haven't, experience any adversity at that point. Right. So when I started experiencing adversity, I didn't handle it well. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go somewhere else. But the reality of that is you're only as good as your last game. Mm. So if you don't play well, nobody else, nobody else wants to, you know, mess with you. So when I went, when I tried to transfer, man, I didn't get to school. I wasn't getting no Pac-12 schools or Big 12 schools. Everybody's like, hey, we moved on. We got the younger guys that are coming in, you know, that don't have – uh, any detriment that weren't detrimental to programs and stuff like that, you know. So I had to go to junior college to get re recruited again, and that's when I hit the lowest point. You know, junior colleges, you know, that's not a that's not an easy place to be, man. Why? You have a lot of guys with behavioral problems. You have a lot of guys that didn't qualify, you know, academically. Right. Um. So you have probably the most talented players I've ever seen, but probably the most detrimental program to, to the program player that I've ever seen. I mean, these guys had behavioral issues. Uh, there were fights every day. Um, it was, it was, it was an experience for sure. What junior college was that? I went to Tyler junior college. And, yeah. Okay. Got you. Yeah. And, and that was one of the nicer ones. Right. Um, and Tyler junior college was one of the nice ones. Um, but you know what, man, it was, it was good for me because it was a humbling experience. I went from the PAC 12, where I was eating filet mignon steaks before, um, before games, and to eating. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was bad. You know, I don't even know what it was. You know what I mean? It was bad. Um, so it really humbled me because I was like, man, I hit rock bottom. I deleted all my social media. Mm. Right. So now we're talking yeah. about the mental aspect of what basketball did to me. Right. You know, I didn't talk to my family. Right. You know, um, and I just kind of um, deviated from socially, you know, interacting with anybody. I didn't talk to my teammates, none of that stuff. Right. Um, So it was a very tough time for me, man. I think that, you know, again, I think that I was looking at it from a different approach. I think that, you know, my family just loved me. My friends just loved me and cared about me. They wanted me to do well. But I think for my eyes, I was like, I'm letting them down. You know, Um, I'm not that big time player anymore at Iowa State at you know, University of Utah. I'm just a guy in junior college. Right. You know, so I, I, I struggled with my identity. But overall, it helped me build character. Um, and it humbled me a lot. You know, I, that arrogance that I had, I lost it. Because I was like, man, I'm, I'm at the rock bottom. 
you know, so I needed that. And so again, at the back of the book, mm. you know, there's going to be some, um, some, some pointers, some advice that I give to kids, you know, in the last couple of pages, you know, about how to make decisions, you know, mm. how to keep yourself humble. Um, because I think, you know, as sometimes you fail so somebody else can get ahead, you know, I learned from my mistakes. Now I'm going to be able to, ha- you know, help somebody else. Right. So that's the biggest part. How you end up at HBU? So I transferred from junior college because I was only in junior college one year. Mm. I transferred to University of Albany. Right. And then you can Damn, only you went to New York. I went to New York and froze. Yeah. And I'm Nigerian. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like cold weather. It's too much. <laughs> So there's two. Hold on. Can we get that cash app, please? Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah. So you can only transfer twice. Remember this, right? Mm-hmm. You can only transfer twice. So let's take Iowa State out the picture because I never went there. So University to Utah to to, to um Tyler College to Tyler Junior College. That's one. Right. Tyler Junior College to Auburn. That's two. Okay. If you want to transfer more than twice, you have to go D two. Oh, HBU is a what? I didn't know what HBU was. HBU was divi- private. Yeah, it's a Division One school. So how did I do that? Got to read the book. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. A, it's a deep, deep. Okay. On, on the situation I took to get there, um, but you know, that was the best move for me. Okay. So I ended up getting to another Division One, and HBU, and I say it all the time. And even though there's people in Houston that don't even know what HBU is. Yeah. You know, it's a really small school, but I say like this, HBU is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I used to, I knew what HBU was when, when I saw that, those colors, you know, I used to ride the 163 back in the day, past oh, yeah. HBU to get to, to get, cause to, to get to the other side of town from there, you got to transfer and get on the HOV lane on the bus and it'll yeah. take you downtown. So um, there used to be a Burger King over there that I used to yeah, frequent there. back in the day. <laughs> but that 163 took you. Look, I, the first time I rode the 163, I had to take a transfer from Booker T. Washington downtown. And the 65 at the time was a Yale bus coming from the north side to the south side. Mm. And then the 65 turned into the Bissonette bus. And then I got off at Bissonette and got on the 163 on the way home. That sounds like a two-hour Process, yeah, man. It was. That's bad. It was. Um, while you wrote the book, what what song what song motivated you outside of your experiences? What song was on your mind when you wrote the book? Mm. A song. Did you use them? I think, you know, I think that um, music is essential to creativity, mm. especially when you're not a musician. Right. Right. So the song I'm thinking about right now. Um, it's strange things, and for some strange things by my 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 homeboy's homeboy, his name is One. He's on Apple Music, and he's got his uh, album. Um, this is the record right here. I think I played it for you in the beginning, but this is the record right here. I know this is not a music podcast, but you know I like to kind of spread a little love, watch and learn, and this song is on my mind right here. Facts. Let's see if I can fast. There we go. Just want to hear the hook. 
think it's time for me to yeah. turn yo, yo. back yo. Walk yo. away yo. How the hell that happened, happened in there on, on his, his own, own lane. All he did was help niggas out. He was a good. Okay, so um, strange things. And for me, man, you know, I always got to go back to the greatest MC to ever do it. Nas, he had a record called Book of Rhymes on God's Son. And I think this is, you know, Book of Rhymes was his way of um, kind of detailing all the things that he had written. And in here, I'm going to hear all the things that you experienced. Or I'm going to read all the things that you experienced. So those two records are on my mind right now. What about you? Man, nah, I'm not. You know what? I'm not a big music guy. You're not? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm a guy that I, I'd rather just kind of sit in a room full of silence and kind of think. Right. You know, think. That's the type of guy I am. Sometimes I do that for hours. Just kind of sit back, relax. It's kind of how I tune out. Almost like a form of meditation. Okay. You know, trying to clear out my thoughts. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So you, you, you wrote this book and I asked you earlier if you were an author. Um, at what point in the book did you realize that you could write more than this experience? Man, I mean, I, the thing about that book, people ask me, was it difficult? Um, I think the persistence part of it was tough, right? Mm-hmm. Especially during the pandemic, cause it's easy to just kind of, you know, Hey, I'm not going to do that today. Right. You know, or, you know, set your own schedule. Persistence parts with heart, but but speaking about my my, my journey, mm-hmm. it's easy, right? You know, you're not you're not formulating any thought. This, this stuff is already written; it already right. happened. Right. You know, I'm not trying to put put some nonfiction. I mean, some fiction characters into something. No, that wasn't it. This was this is my story. So it was easy to write. Um, the persistence part of it was the hardest. Getting up every day, Monday through. I mean, I think I went Monday through Saturday, nine to like seven. Every day. And, you know, my sister was blown away because she was like, man, like, I haven't seen anything like this before. You're so programmed. But people don't realize is basketball made me You're that going way. that way. I knew you were going back Basketball that makes me that way. I am a, like a machine, like the way I'm programmed. Because, and I talk about in the book, the, the type of schedule we had. And that's one thing that you need to preach to your players. Hey, I want to go D1. I want to do this. All right, do you have what it takes? You know what I mean? Right. You're trying to balance school than being an athlete. In high school, cool. Easy. You only, you only have an allotted amount of time. What's two hours? You can only practice for X amount of hours. You got to, I mean, just because the, the district rules. In college, they will get every cent that they pay for those books out of you. We used to go from like 6 to like 9.30. I talk about it in the book. I like, sometimes I used to be studying and I wake up the next morning like, I didn't even know I fell asleep. Mm. used to have a bottle of, of Advil next to my bed because I was in so much pain. You gonna, Because of the workouts. Because of the workouts. You know, so if you want to be, if you want to talk about going D1, you, you got to be willing to put in the work. Some people don't make it. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I didn't know you were this good. Oh, man, I mean, I... You know, to be recruited, uh, I only know another guy, my large brother, he went to Utah mm. on football, but okay. he, he transferred from Kilgore. Okay, yep, junior college. Um, And went to football, but he's from the country, so... But I don't... I, I didn't know that you were this good. I'm just being honest with you. Yeah, I, I mean, thought that you... You know, when people... Like I said, when people talk about their people playing ball, I equate it to what it was to play ball when I was coming up. Right. I mean, we had an All-American at my high school, 
And there was an All-American across town that played against him in a game in the city. Right. But I didn't know that you were, <laughs> you know, scholarships and recruiting and your name on, on, on billboards and all of that. I didn't know that that I didn't know that that uh, that you were that 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 guy like that. Yeah. And I don't you know, the crazy thing is I don't really look, look at it like that. Right. You know, what I mean, I, I think that the way my mind worked was, hey, if I was number two, who was number one? and How do I get past him? Mm. Um, I never really was just like I think I, I mean maybe when I was younger I maybe thought that way but I mean I was always I used to talk, I talk about it in the book as well I was like man when I used to work out I used to say other people's names that were ahead of me you know I would call their names out while I'm working out I just I mean, some people thought I was crazy but I was like man that's I think that's why I excelled you know I really think that the reason why I kind of took the path that I took was because of my decision making it wasn't because of my talent you know you're one right decision away from going to the NBA to the NFL uh, to the PGA tour. I mean, you're one right decision, but it's all timing. You know what I mean? I mean? That's all it is. Were you good enough to go to the NBA? When I look at it now, I don't think that I was athletic enough. I think now it's more as athlete, you know, uh, somebody used to, somebody told me one thing one time. Um, I was my trainer and I used to work, I used to work out all the time and I'd see a guy that doesn't work out, you know, get to a place I couldn't get to. He said, you can't get, you can't put in what God left out. You could put in as much work as you want to, but if you're not seven foot and you're not seven foot, you know, um, some, some guys just had that, you know, physical, you know, um, had those physical attributes that put them ahead. I was six, four. I wasn't the most athletic, couldn't shoot the best, but along, um, as I started to get older, I started to get wiser. I started to understand, Hey, this is what I need to do to be successful. You know? I think that a lot of kids need think that, hey, I need to average thirty to get a scholarship. Well, if you realize, if you let's look at the Rockets, you know, prior to James Harden leaving, how many guys can come down and score? There's one. Come down and just shoot the ball anytime they want. There's one. Well, wouldn't you have a larger probability of trying to be like one of those other guys? And that's what I think that guys fail to realize is that it's better to try to fit one of those niche roles to try to be really great at something rather than try to be that all, you know nucleus type guy that's doing all of the above, you know, try to fit a niche, try to be the best defender, try to be the best shooter, try to do one of those. And you have a better probability of getting, you know, a spot. So, uh, I mean, recruitment is not just an easy thing. How many kids on your team at the time wanted to be recruited, but weren't on that level? Man, you're talking about high school, man. I, I was fortunate to play with, uh, you know, two guys, one who got drafted, um, but, I mean, we had a team of 12, I think just three of us went to go play college. Maybe what? Well, actually, we had a pretty good team. I think four or five of us went. Uh, but, you know, I think only two or three of us were Division One players. You know, obviously, I played with Andrew and Aaron Harrison. Uh, oh, I remember them. Yeah, the twins. The twins. Okay, you know, got they're, you. They're, they're got huge. you. They went to Memphis? No, they went, they went to, to Carolina. No. Went. I they know who you're talking about. They went about to them. Kentucky. Kentucky, that's what yeah, it was. They're, got they're, you. they're got big you. Houston. Um, yeah. Houston products. I got um, you. Yeah, 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 so yeah. yeah. I played with them. In high school. In high school. High school team. Yeah, it was us two. They were going, they, weren't they at Richmond or some, some high school? Like they were at Fort Ben Travis. Fort Ben Travis. Yeah. So got it you. was, I was 6'4". You got them two at 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, all on the front line, on the backcourt. Um, so, yeah. Is that Tanya? Is that T? 
Yo. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, go on, go on, my bad. No, no, you good. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Go on. So six five. Six, yeah, no, no, them two, they were all in the back court. Um, so uh yeah, man, that that uh We're recording. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, we were all in the back court, man, and uh um yeah, I mean, yeah, it was definitely eye-opening playing with those guys because those guys are, are uh, they're phenoms. They're they're phenoms for sure. They they both had uh, every college in the country recruiting them. Uh, yeah, the one, number one point guard, number one shooting guard, living in the same house in the country. It's insane. Uh, so playing playing with them made me put everything in a perspective that hey, man, there's a, there's definitely another level, you know, above me. They're really like two or three levels uh, above me, but. You know, definitely made me put everything in perspective. You, um, <laughs> hold on. I said I was going to call this guy. Give me a second. Let's call this guy real quick. See what he's doing. <laughs> uh, you next on the podcast? <laughs> One, four. Oh, excuse me. Hold on. I want to put that out there. T Mobile, man. Trash. Excuse me, T-Mobile. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. If there's Yo. a sponsorship coming. Yo! This is John Ross, like the first from the What's Next podcast, man. I'm here with your cousin. What's going on, man? Well, good. You know, uh, he was the one that was like, hey, you got to get Pop on the podcast. He's writing a book, but don't say nothing to yet. So, I mean, it's it's out now, so... I just wanted to call you, see what was up. We had none. We're just talking. We're about to wrap the podcast soon. What you got going? Shit. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> It's 11 o'clock at night. He's, he's relaxed, man. <laughs> oh, man. We just talking, man. This podcast drops on Tuesday. Make sure you tune in. All right. No doubt. I'm going to catch it. All right, man. All right. Listen, man. Uh... Today is, um, what's the day, the 4th? The 4th, right? So, um, 31, 4 is 35. So, 365 from 35 is 330. Today is February the 4th, 2021. We have 330 days left in the 2021 year. What do you hope to attain in 330 days? Man. I I expect the, the most success I've had in my life thus far. Um, I told myself all the time while everybody was complaining about 2020, and it, and it wasn't easy. Um, there was a lot of pain and suffering, and you know it was a lot. It was it was a very hard time for a lot of people. I think that um, it was the year of planting seeds, and I and I planted some seeds that I I, I expect to you know fully flourish. So I, I expect that 2021 to have, uh, to be most success I've had this far in my life. All right. Yeah. I believe it. Um, I wrote a book once from an experience. I penned 55,000 words. Yeah. And then I lost. And then I lost my inspiration. Oh, man. And writing this book, where any when did you ever lose inspiration in this book, or did your experiences waking up at five o'clock in the morning and being the machine that you profess to be, 
did that just kind of eradicate the thought of, oh, I'm not going to get it out? No, nah, man, I definitely had some, you know, tough times. I think the biggest thing I struggled was, um, was I able to to write something that people would want to read? Who who am I to write something? Mm. You know, and mm. we all we're all entitled to our opinion. Mm. Um, and I was at a on a bachelor at a bachelor party, and um, you know, I was like, man, you know, I had started writing something about you know my career. One of my friends was like, "Yeah, I'd read that, you know. Oh, I, I, I could, I, I could never play at your level. I'd love to read that." I was like, "Okay." So I kept going, you mm. know. And all I needed was one person to tell me, "Hey, I'm open to doing it," you know. And I just kept going. So, I mean, having those adverse times, having those doubts—that's normal, man. You know, you just gotta, gotta keep going. Right. Okay, um, what was your favorite? Uh, oh, hold on, I got a Charlie horse. Ooh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, fam. I got to drink some water. Yeah. What was your favorite um, What was your favorite um, team that you played on? Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, man, the higher level you go in basketball, man, the more stressful it gets. <laughs> so especially when you start, you know, playing for money. But um, I think that I had the most fun in Australia. Okay. Um, and I talk about it um, when people ask me. I didn't really necessarily talk about it in the book, but um, it just didn't really tie in. But Australia is the one country that there was no negative connotation with being black. Mm. That's the one country that I went to. I'm like, I'm black, and nobody was like, is he going to steal something? Is he going to fight someone? There was no detriment, you know, involved with my name. Right. Um, and so... Uh, and I'm sure they have their their, you know, I think everybody has their 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 situations. But you know, as far as, as, far as being an African American out there, man, you're more idolized than anything. You know, because they're infatuated with the the hip hop culture. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I think that their dynamic of life they don't work full nine hour schedules like America. You only get two you know two weeks of vacation. So people there are naturally more relaxed. Right. You know. Um, so I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it. And if I had the opportunity, I'd probably, you know, go back. Right. Oh man, uh, like I said, I've been looking for ways to level up on this podcast. And, you know, the level up I'm looking for is to kind of break the market, get out of getting hundred and fifty views a week getting up to maybe about five, six hundred. Yeah. And it takes conversations of the sort. Yeah. Being being able to garner the time from somebody who might be out of your league a little bit. Mm. But I've been trying to figure out a way to level up. And listen, talking to a professional athlete, for me, is one of the things that I have wanted to do for so long because my nephew has aspirations to play college ball, and I kind of felt that, you know, when you talk to kids these days, right, see, as a JV coach, right, we don't get any accolades, but I like to tell my kids that, you know, JV is the dumping ground. Right there, you, you don't get the cameras, 
You don't get the newspaper. You don't get you don't get to be able to be a novice and make mistakes. We're here to win. We're here to um, get all we can because some of you all are juniors. Some of you all are sophomores. You're in between. And this is the only time that you'll ever really get a chance to play. Everybody plays freshman, and the list gets shorter on varsity. Mm-hmm. So JV is like the dumping ground where we get a lot, a whole bunch of kids. And so just being able to explain to them what the next level looks like without being at the next level mm-hmm. is a difficult task to do. So, you know, my nephew um, has aspirations, and I told him, I was like, you got to work harder. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, you got to figure it out because it ain't easy, you know, yeah. to go from playing basketball and going to school for free. Now you're, now you're paying to go to school, mm-hmm. and they're paying you if they want you to play for them. Right. Right? So, um. I'm just uh, indebted, grateful to have spoken to you in the time span that we've spoken about this this masterpiece. And it's my goal to finish this book and come and talk in depth about it once the run is done. Yeah. Because I figure that when I get into it and I'm highlighting and reading it, I'm going to want to know what you meant by this certain thing. Yeah. Right? So... There will definitely be a part two. And as an author, I'd hope that by the time we meet again, I could get the exclusive for the next joint. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm taking a break. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Um, By this time, we got the cash app, y'all. It's right here on the screen. Um, I would, I'm going to reference this book a few, few times in the podcast because I want to see it do well. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've known you without shaking your hand and without sitting this close to you for 18 years yeah. at least. Right. right? Um, so, man, I'm proud of you. Congratulations on your first best-selling book. I appreciate that. Um, most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Oh, man. You know, I think that right after this, you know, I hope to do some um, public speaking events. Um, I think that's the way I'm going to reach a lot of kids. Right. Um, again, you don't you don't write a book to get rich. Right. I think that's why I did it. That's not right. You know how many people read, but right. I think the reality of it is, again, there's another kid, you know, in my same situation, and I can help them probably prolong their career a couple more years right. uh, because of some, you know, better made decisions than I did my job. So if I have to public speak to do it, that's my form of giving back. Okay. Yeah. So by this time, the podcast has dropped this, uh, it drops Tuesday, the ninth, right? We would have beaten Northside high school. We play them Houston, Texas. We play Northside high school tomorrow. That is Friday. Um, we play Sharpstown high school the following morning, Saturday, we would have, God willing, come out 2-2. Two, two. Mm-hmm. I'll take one out of two, okay. right? But we, we would have come out 2-2, two, two, right? Um, if and when we make the playoffs, mm-hmm. could I get you to speak to our kids for at least 15 minutes, if it's, if your time allows? Yeah, man, if the, if the opportunity allows myself, you know, with my time schedule, I would love to, man. That's, what I, that's why I do it. Okay. Okay, uh, listen, man, um, 
When I started this podcast, I wanted to do something different than a lot of podcasts. I produce T-shirts as well. And um, I have this exclusive SVI T-shirt that I give to every creative that comes on the podcast. And I brought this for you as well as my 2020 edition, which is the What's Next podcast T-shirt, which is also an exclusive that I give to every creative that comes on the podcast. I appreciate your time. Appreciate this. I appreciate this masterpiece. And uh, I can't wait to dive in, highlight, and have this second edition of a podcast with you. I appreciate that, man. More in detail. Anything else? That's all I got until next time. Listen, Houston, Texas. Uh, My man wrote a book. It's called The Wake Up Call. You need to check it out on Amazon. The cash app is up. Um, I'm just grateful. I do what I do for myself to prove that I could do it for others. Until next time, peace and blessings. Listen, I totally messed that up, but it's okay. <laughs> that sounded good to me. No, I'm saying I hit the button and turned the music off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, my name is John Ross Dr. First. This is my man, Anthony Odunsi. Yes, Odunsi. sir. He wrote a book, The Wake Up Call. I'm doing this again. Um, I do what I do for myself to prove that I can do it for others. Peace and blessings. Yo, what's up? Sachi on my body. Biggie Jigger puffing. All that balling is a hobby. And I'm wildin' in my wallies. And them valleys, no Pilates. No way get you more wet. Now that's the school money. My ass ball, I see Crystal. Just y'all with that. Salute my dude, I see you dog Five bottles, one dick, why I need some rubs I know I'm out of line, but love is shower time You know it rose rain, when your cloud is nine Get off that high end, see This is a private party, then no more These walls are priceless, Artie. This the upper crust, fuck us up. Over and dose. Over. 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 Over.